This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Women living with Parkinson's disease have certain needs that differ from men and that should be recognized by the medical community. However, they are often treated similarly, ignoring the unique needs and the stages of women's lives. These include menstrual cycles, pregnancy, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause, as well as different motor and non-motor symptoms, other health conditions, and family, psychosocial, and occupational issues. Recognizing these unmet needs, six women healthcare professionals, three of whom have PD, published a paper laying out a path forward to address the problems. I spoke with co-author Annaline Osterban, who has young-onset Parkinson's disease and is an obstetrician-gynecologist, researcher at Radboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands, and a mother. I asked her why she wanted to participate in bringing out this paper. Well, all the facts you've already mentioned, since I am a young woman with Parkinson's disease and I'm an OBGYN, I thought... I just had to do this. And since I noticed myself, I had problems with my hormonal fluctuations and my Parkinson's symptoms before I became pregnant. And I've been talking to certain neurologists about this, and I noticed that they didn't really know that much about this topic. Then I started looking into literature, and I found that there was a large research gap. So I thought it was necessary to do this kind of research to fill this gap. And since I started doing this research, I met all these other women. Some have Parkinson's themselves and other women who wrote this paper with and really only emphasized the need for this kind of research even more. And that's the reason why I'm doing it. So it sounds like these issues and problems are fairly common with women with Parkinson's? Yes, I've been talking to lots of other young women and noticed they all have the same kind of problems. And also a recent survey from the PD Avengers also found out that almost 80% of young women have the cyclic worsening of Parkinson's symptoms, like mostly the week before they get their menstruation. So it's really important to find out what we can do about it to improve quality of life of these young women. What are some other issues that affect them? Yes, of course, there are all other phases of life like pregnancy, perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause that are phases of life that influence also the Parkinson's symptoms and the, the kind of care we need for our Parkinson's. But also women have other presentation of the Parkinson's symptoms, like we suffer from more non-motor symptoms than motor symptoms than men. We've got more psychosocial issues. So this is a different kind of care that's needed for women, and it's another management and treatment that's needed. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows. From the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. 
classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real-life on-the-go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. Are there disparities in diagnosis and treatment of women versus men with PD? I think most major trials and medication studies and the studies that the management of Parkinson's has been defined based on men and we are no men. So we have different body composition, different biological and genetical background. So you can imagine that it should be different, but there's just really a lack of research on this topic. So we just get the same amount of levodopa, the same kind of and type of medication and care. But this should really change in the future. But first, we need to do more proper research on this topic so we can define what we need to do. Are women neurologists or movement disease specialists in general any better at addressing the needs of women with Parkinson's compared to their male colleagues, or are they pretty much in the same boat? I think the knowledge they got on this topic is maybe comparable to men, but I think the women with Parkinson's may have some problems or shame on talking about female issues with their neurologists. So it might be easier in the case the neurologist or movement disorder specialist is a woman to talk about uh, gynecological issues. But that shouldn't be the case because a doctor is a doctor. But it can be a problem for women. It's also for women that visit a gynecologist. Some prefer visiting a female gynecologist. Is attention paid to the social and cultural context in which women live and their expected responsibilities? We don't pay enough attention to these kinds of issues because, like in the small Brazilian study, uh, women with PD, despite their possible change in performance and ability, often continue doing their uh, usual activities, including care of family and home. Women may encounter significant caregiving responsibilities within the family and also along with occupational and other competing demands. And it differs between cultures or different life stages and it's different from men. And I don't think we pay enough attention to these differences between men and women. And you brought up different life stages. So do treating physicians or healthcare professionals need to recognize when a woman is transitioning from one stage to another. I would assume it's not just based on age. People vary. Of course, the hormonal stages and phases in life are complicated in women and lives of women, and even more in women that suffer from Parkinson's disease. 
but also the phase in life from having young children to having teenage children or studying children or maybe later having older parents to take care of and these kinds of phases also determine the amount of stress you feel or the lack of sleep you have. This all influences also the Parkinson's disease, so you should pay more attention to these problems. Does levodopa therapy replenish dopamine enough in the brain that it overcomes some of the particular problems that women are having, or are these more sort of like non-motor symptoms which levodopa does not remediate? Levodopa is a good medicine, of course, but it doesn't help the psychosocial issues like distress or negative self-image women can have or impaired sexual intimacy or feeling of not being heard or downplay symptoms. And also women feel they have less social support. Like the treatment of Parkinson's, of course, is medication is important, but there are all other things around that that are also really important to pay attention to. So I think it's not sacred to leave it open. There's much more other things women need. You and some other Parkinson's experts have recently published a plan identifying a lot of these problems and putting out a call for action on the issues that you identified. What does that plan entail? The call to action is actually a little bit widespread. First of all, to create a framework to address the gaps and establish global collaboration to answer key research questions including drug and device studies that include women and address genetic and hormonal considerations because there's just really a large research gap. Also, we would like women to get educated, so women with PD, to empower them about how to communicate their symptoms and needs, to make sure more women engage in research and organize as a community in support of one another. And also we think it's important that tools will be developed so women can track their unique motor and non-motor symptoms, as well as psychological and social support needs. Like in a specific symptom diary, of course, there already exist uh, menstrual cycle diaries or apps. And I think it would be great if we could add these other symptoms and problems to this tracker so women can track their symptoms and needs and share this with their uh, healthcare providers. How do you expect to spur change in the professional community? Are you developing programs with gynecologic societies or neurologic societies? First of all, of course, we wrote this paper to get this subject under attention of all healthcare providers, neurologists, movement disorder specialists, and gynecologists. That's the first step uh, to make people aware. And what we want to do is try to get this topic internationally on the agenda of research to make sure we fill this gap. For example, we want to start an International Pregnancy and Parkinson's Registry. That's a really clear example to fill this gap, to register all pregnant women with Parkinson's to see what's the effect on the mother and the child to make sure in the future we can write some management advice or guidelines because it's lacking of any guidelines for women with Parkinson's, whether it concerns menstrual or hormonal fluctuations or pregnancy or all the other psychosocial or social needs that women have. 
So I think first we need to get more research done and then try to write some guidelines for all specialists around the world. One of your co-authors on the paper was Sonia Mather, and we did a podcast with her a while ago about family issues and talking to your children about Parkinson's disease in a parent. So how much attention will be focused on the family in these sort of efforts? Well, that was not really uh, the topic of this paper, but it's one of the things, of course, that's really important for women with Parkinson's because they often do have children or families and uh, caregiving responsibilities. And even though these are modern times, they still feel they have to fill in all these roles of being a mother, a daughter, a wife, and doing their jobs. And we still take on more than 50% of the care giving responsibilities in the house compared to our husbands or men. So I think that's that's still like that. So that should maybe change as well. Women with Parkinson's, they need more support with this. I really appreciate it. I think this is a new aspect in our podcast series and quite important. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.